Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist and your host. And on today's episode, we are discussing the five generations. Many years ago, at a counseling conference, I listened to a speaker discuss the five generations, and I was fascinated, and I thought I would bring some of that information to you to better understand yourself, your family dynamics, and what it means when we're talking about healing, self-compassion, compassion for others, all of these dynamics play in. Currently on the planet, there are five generations making up our society. Now, I'm pulling information from the Center for Generational Kinetics. They have a lot of really cool information if you want to check them out, uh, because these aren't just ideas. There are studies that go into figuring out the characteristics of each generation, because there's really rich knowledge there for us. Those people who are born before 1945 we call them traditionalists or the silent generation. Next is baby boomers. We all hear that term a lot. These are the people that are born between 1946 and 1964. Generation X. Y'all are born between 1965 and 1976. And millennials that we hear so much about now are Generation Y, born 1977 to 1995. So I am sort of an old lady millennial. And then the youngest generation is Generation Z or iGen or Centennials. And they're born after 1996. Now I'm going to talk a lot about the baby boomers today because many of us have boomers for parents. Now I'm an interesting case because I have boomer for our parents, but I was also raised by the silent generation. And when we talk about these things, we're talking in generalities, we're talking about these cohorts, these groups, these characteristics that groups share. So in a sense, we're talking about stereotypes of the different generations. And what influences these groups of people, these groups of time and these groups of places, because we can see differences throughout the generations and in different places around the world. But we have some similarities. So when we, we're talking about boomers, we're talking about the post-war babies. 
And boomers experienced the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks and JFK being elected and then assassinated. They saw the race to the moon in space. They saw the the movement of free love and Woodstock. Early in this generation, they saw Roswell and the sighting of aliens as part of what was happening in culture, in society, in the world. 1951 was the first coast-to-coast phone call and that service being made available. So the world was just starting to open up, just starting to see more of each other in a sense. Believe it or not, the first sexual reassignment surgery happened in 1952 in Denmark. There was a detonation of the first hydrogen bomb. They grew up in national emergencies. I remember stories from people of this generation talking about going to school and you know how we have the shooting drills and what to do if there's an active shooter and how horrified we are that children are going through that, but also we feel that they need to go through that for safety. This earlier generation would practice shielding themselves under desks from a hydrogen bomb. Imagine the emotional impact of that. It seems really dark to talk about all the the shooting stuff today, and, and that's its own problem that I'm not getting into on this show. But think about the difference there. We're talking about the threat of one person may come in and do a bad thing. Think about the psychological weight of being in a math class and having a drill that bombs could have come out of the sky at any time. So we can sort of understand maybe why certain generations or certain people process some of these things that happened in a way that maybe encouraged them to be sort of disconnected, sort of in denial about emotions. I talk a lot about emotional ignorance. That may be a product of denial, not having enough tools to deal with things. 1959, the Barbie doll was created. There was the experience of the Beatles and Elvis and American Bandstand with Dick Clark. All those old videos that we see of masses and masses and masses of people losing their minds over musicians. In 62, thalidomide was banned in the Netherlands. That is a drug that gave severe side effects to babies, even if the mother just took one pill. The first Walmart and the first Kmart opened in 1962. It was the first time people had resisted war, had resisted the draft. They experienced Vietnam. And in 64, it was the first time smoking was connected to lung cancer. So there was a lot of life going on for the baby boomers generation. And these baby boomers, they're retiring now. Or they're staying in the workforce longer than they expected because of the cost of things. Baby boomers really loved raising their families in large homes with closed floor plans. There's even a current issue in the housing market about millennials not wanting to buy these sort of big, extravagant baby boomer homes. The next generation was Generation X. These are people born between 65 and 76. And in a lot of ways, we don't know so much about this generation. We kind of think of this generation as the middle child generation that sort of gets lost in the mix between the influence of the baby boomers and the millennials. We think of Generation Xers as sort of latchkey kids 
They were sort of neglected and ignored as a parenting style. Their parents didn't pay that much attention in general. But when we compare to how much attention children get now from parents as a sort of cultural movement, yes, in comparison, they were neglected and ignored. They would get told, go outside and play, and they would just come back 8, 10, 12 hours later. That's considered child neglect today. This generation saw Desert Storm, the war, and they were the first generation to truly experience divorce as a disruption of life, of family. When I speak to people who had parents who divorced through the 60s, through the 70s, often what happened was the father just kind of went MIA, not all the time, and they moved on. So we have a lot of attachment wounding from some of these generational experiences. Now, millennials. Now, talking about millennials is really big right now. It's a hot topic because millennials have entered the workforce and they are throwing these older generations who had different values for a loop. Millennials saw 9-11 during their development at a very impressionable age. So their whole lives, their consciousness has never not had a war on terrorism. When we study millennials, what we see is that there really are two distinct cohorts. There's one group of millennials that is really, it's reaching traditional markers of adulthood. They might be doing it just a couple years later than older generations, but they're launching themselves. They're mindful about building some wealth and accumulating it and being smart and mindful with their money. And they command more power and more raises. They advocate for themselves in the marketplace. They will switch jobs much faster than earlier generations that I, I believe from that war mindset. Really, they, if they got a good job, they stuck at it for life. And the millennial generation, we change jobs when we are dissatisfied. That's something that some of our elders don't understand. And they may see that as us taking opportunity for granted. So they have a very different lens than we may have. And we have different lenses than they have. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. The other cohort is a large group of millennials that are not creating what we call real world traction because their parents' generation wanted life to be easier than life was on them. They have overgiven to their millennials. They have overparented, which is leaving a large group of millennials without the skills to adult. 
Millennials are interestingly the most consistent group across the entire world. For the first time ever, we have more consistency because of tech. The ability to see people across the world in a video chat has made the world smaller. Even while population grows and there are more and more and more people on the planet, somehow we can connect to more and more people. And that's encouraging some consistency in trends. They communicate in very different ways, texting, something other generations didn't have available. The way that we date is very techy. We evaluate a lot of choices and that has pros and cons, right? We have so many choices to be grateful for as millennials, as the world has progressed. But also we have sort of a decision or an analysis paralysis because we have so many choices. In some ways we crave, I hear it all the time in individual session, especially as sensitive people who consider every angle or try, that we'd really just like three options sometimes. It's overwhelming to choose. This millennial generation has more voice and was encouraged to use that voice than previous generations. Maybe you've heard boomers in your life say things like, children used to be seen and not heard. That was a saying I heard a lot as a child. I'm talking over this microphone on this podcast. That's a very tangible, real way that we can see how being heard and voices, the Me Too movement, how that's developed. Millennials are the first generation with truly crippling college debt. I want to talk about that more in some future episodes. Millennials are environmentally conscious and we're loyal once we decide to be loyal. And Generation Z, the youngest, we're just learning about you because you're still kiddos. But today's teenagers and young adults from 1996 to the present, if you were born in that period, there's been a lot of cultural and political change that's really unique to your generation. Same-sex marriages have been legal your entire consciousness. The economy has struggled, and that's been part of the national conversation your whole lives. This is the first generation that will never know a time when we didn't have a black president. Generation Zers, y'all want to be connected instantly and constantly. Of course you do. We can understand that. You've always been connected to the internet. Y'all want to make an impact on the world. Early indicators of your generation say that you are increasingly self-aware. If you are listening to this podcast, there's proof right there. There's a self-reliance that seems to pulse through this younger generation. Y'all are innovative and goal-oriented. And you may be more pragmatic than idealistic than the millennials. You tend to live much more of your entire lives through social media because you've never been around without it. In my field, we're a little scared about this. <laughs> There's so many pros to technology, but oh, so many cons. And we're working that out as a culture. And we're working it out in generationally very different ways. When I highlight some of these generational differences, I hope what you can do is sit back and look through these lenses at yourself, to look through these lenses at your parents to gain a deeper understanding of how and why they parented you the way that they did. And then moving a layer up on the family tree, being able to look at your grandparents 
and understand their struggles, understand the limits to knowledge. They didn't have Oprah on TV. They couldn't Google the answer to any question they thought of. Allow that understanding of how your parents were parented to give you insight into your parents and then yourself. This is a very deep and profound way to understand what am I doing as a person? What am I healing? Everyone who can hear my voice right now, we have a huge opportunity to break the dysfunctional cycles of our families on our family tree once and for all. If we allow ourselves to see the holes, what hasn't been attended to, what wasn't encouraged Maybe earlier generations didn't have a voice. They didn't know how to be in their bodies. I know as a sensitive person, it probably would have made me dissociate to think about a hydrogen bomb possibly coming at me, just going to school. I had to work really hard to unlearn being a workaholic because so many baby boomers developed as workaholics. They learned to get their self-worth from working, 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 and really warping the values of hard work into obsession and justifying that. It's part of why they have such a hard time watching younger generations make choices. I don't think that generation knew that it was okay to make choices. That's what comes out of years of war and not having enough available self-development knowledge. We can look back through the 50s and 60s and see through movies and TV, the relationships we had, the very dysfunctional, mindless relationships we had as a society to alcohol and to cigarettes. So there was a certain encouraging of mindlessness in some areas. When we let ourselves see such things, it can really inform where we can be more mindful and where we fill in those blanks for ourselves and understand more of what we've soaked up as highly sensitive people so that we can wring out the stuff that we don't want to bring forward and we can soak up the good stuff that heals, fills us up, helps us feel whole, successful, and fully in everything that it means to be a healthy, happy, grounded, empathic adult. I hope this episode gave you something that you needed. I hope it connected some kind of dot. I know it helps me be more compassionate. I think my younger self was, I know my younger self was angry a lot of the time at why certain things happened in my family and why they couldn't deal with certain things. This information has helped me soften. And when we soften, it doesn't mean we give allowance to what was bad or awful or neglectful or abusive. It means we soften for ourselves, for our own bodies, for our own hearts. It means we understand on a deep, compassionate level how hard it is to figure out things in life. And we hold some space for how different life was for the generations before us and how they were truly doing the best that they could as a tribe And each day when we make failures, when I have a current failure of falling and tripping over myself, that compassion that I've learned how to extend sort of backwards in my family tree, I have more self-compassion for myself now. So when we heal ourselves, we heal always on our family tree, even if that sounds hippy-dippy to you. 
When I do my healing, I'm healing me, Nikki, the person. And spiritually, maybe even cellularly, I'm doing the healing that those earlier generations didn't get a chance to do. And those of you who are parents, who are bringing little humans into the world, the next generation, when you parent them from a healed, compassionate place within yourself, it's transforming for you and for them. Thank you for being here and being a person in the world that challenges yourself to do better. I don't know if I will ever find anything that sparks me more than that, that drive I think it's the most beautiful thing in humanity, that drive of, okay, how do I do this better? How do I lift myself up? How do I lift up this next generation? That's truly how we make the world a better place. So we are being the change. Thank you, emotional badasses that are out there. I'm so happy to be your host. I want to thank some of you who have gotten on and written some beautiful five-star reviews. Those of you who just get on and give that star, thank you. That really helps work that funky iTunes algorithm. It helps us stay high in the ratings. That helps more and more people find us. I have no idea how algorithms work, but I'm told that's how it works. (laughs) Those of you who write comments know that I read them. More than read them, I, I hold them. They move me. So let's share some. Nolan911, thank you for your five-star review. Thank you. Izzy in the H, I'm wondering if that's Houston. That's a little bit of old stomping grounds for me. I know we have a lot of listeners. Hi, Houston. Oh, you must be in alignment. So Izzy is talking about so many people recommending me to her. Yeah, it's a it, energy is really strange and fascinating, y'all. It's amazing how when we step into alignment with something, just the universe tends to nudge us and nudge us and nudge us and nudge us until we say, yes, okay. All right. What do you have here for me? Thank you, Izzy. Brenna V. It's so helpful to me. Thank you for your review to hear that I sound plain and simple. One of the judgments I'm working through with myself is that I, I think I don't make sense sometimes and then I listen back. That's part of the, the beauty and the growth edge for me doing this show is I listen and I think, oh, <laughs> I, I do know what I'm talking about. That made sense. And that's a deep healing for me. Thank you for that acknowledgement. I'm so glad you're out there listening and you relate. Thank you. Nicole East, 22. You're new to the self growth journey. Welcome to the tribe. I'm glad you found us. I hope to keep creating the safest space possible. I don't believe that there are perfectly safe spaces out there. I'd like to do an episode on that soon too. But I do. I I try to hold and honor safe space for me and for you. I'm glad that comes through and you can feel that. I want to send a big, giant, emotional, badass hug to all of you who are listening, who are supporting the show on Patreon, who are participating in those live stream Q&As. I love them. I am an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
find it hard to sleep at night, then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long.